Hotel History is created for adult audiences. Content may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised. You're listening to Hotel History. We take you with us through the sordid history and scandals of some of the world's most famous and infamous hotels. I'm Dieta. And I'm Yael. Let's get started. Hotels for lovers and sinners. (laughs) We have a very special episode for all of you today. We're doing an episode about love and romance and all the fun hotels that like to profit off love and romance. (laughs) It is Valentine's Day, so we're doing hotels for lovers and sinners. Should that be and? slash or sinners because you can be both and there's hotels for both yeah it's um because i mean just the topic of romance you're gonna have to talk about like the seedy underground world of hookers and i don't i don't know that you have to talk about that to talk about romance but you definitely (laughs) i grew up on some weird so think about it pretty woman yeah. I mean, there's you know. there's definitely elements there that we love to explore. But I don't know yeah, that you have well, yeah, to. Yeah, when it comes to hotels. So, it, but here's the thing when it comes to hotels, it's, it gets too, it's so clear. You're either going there on a romantic getaway with your significant other, or you're going to meet up with a hooker or your uh, mistress. Secret, mistress. Yeah. yeah, that was. Like, it's very, it's like black and white, you know? Well, the first one we're going to start with is definitely not black and white. It is very colorful. It is Romeo's Motel and Diner in San Antonio Bay, Ibiza. Romeo's motto is for lovers and sinners. And that's what inspired the name of this episode. I love this one because it has been inspired by the motels on Route 66. So it's all about. Americana, which is an interesting thing to find in Ibiza. It straight up looks like it's it belongs in Vegas. It I does it was Vegas. Yeah, that's the point. I love uh, it. Yeah, they they do actually have a Vegas style wedding chapel. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you get married in it, or is it just you can you can do it for fun, or you can actually get married in it? That sounds like the perfect wedding. I think everyone should do. <laughs> it's so it's yeah it's got the a really fun retro vibe to it um and it has some interesting um places besides just you know the normal you know cool decorated rooms they also have some spaces like the playroom where you can uh get up to no good with the pole dance bar that's in there they have leopard print sofas a fully stocked bar naturally and a dj booth everything you need to have a tacky wedding (laughs) (laughs) and then of course you can have your vegas style wedding in their little chapel which is located by the pool so your guests don't even have to stop swimming they can just watch you say your i do's (laughs) 
Let me know when you're done with those baths. I'm going to yeah. go do a few baths. Um, and they also have an authentic American diner called Mandy's, which is, yeah, that's so American. Yeah. Such, like the best place. What, they should have this in America. It's so cute. It looks way too cute. to. It looks way too clean to be an authentic American diner. <laughs> it does. It looks so pretty. It's so vibrant. It, of course, has a neon sign because that's the most American thing you can do. Yes. Um, and the pool is, I believe, heart-shaped. Or the hot tub is. Oh, the hot tub. Not Okay, my mistake. Yeah, the pool is regular-shaped. <laughs> But it has really cute, like red and white striped umbrellas all around it in the little lounge area. It's adorable. And then the best part, I think, is that you can get a day pass. You don't even have to stay overnight in the hotel to explore all of these cool places. The rooms in this hotel are really cute. They have like a lot of fringe lamps and bright pink uh, walls with yellow. um, What's that? The thing behind headboards <laughs> and they're padded for good reason. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I would definitely say the first uh, the first few hotels we're going to mention today start off in the kitschy realm and then they move towards the um, darker edged yeah. realm. <laughs> darker, chic. Yeah. Parisian whorehouse from the 1920s, yeah. which is like my aesthetic. Someone asked me what uh how you'd want to design your home i'm like i want it to be a whorehouse from the 1920s in france absolutely and they're like that's that's weird and i'm like i'm right there with you i'm really trashy (laughs) but i'm trashy 100 years ago yeah that is the maximalism that i am living for we are going to the poconos now in pennsylvania And this is actually three different resorts owned by Cove Pocono Resorts. They all have their own, you know, slightly different kind of vibes to them. But, you know, some still the the kitschy resort from the 80s theme lives on through them. So there is Cove Haven in Lakeville, Pennsylvania. Pocono Palace in East Stroudsburg and Paradise Stream in Mount Pocono. These are, I feel like, were advertised heavily in the 80s. Every single person has seen these hotels. The heart-shaped, you know, baths, the um, bubble bath of champagne glass, uh, the bad, awkward porn yeah, the bed is always round. I don't know what was so popular about the round bed back then. But I know my parents said that they look, thought about going to the Poconos for their honeymoon, which was in 1980, I believe. So, I mean, the Poconos were once known as the honeymoon capital of the world. So, for good reason. Each one of these resorts will have its own style of romantically themed rooms. But they do all almost all have the heart-shaped bathtub, the round bed... And they all have a suite that will include a seven foot tall champagne tower, if that is your vibe. And it's like a whirlpool um, jacuzzi inside the champagne. That's my vibe. Coop. So I don't need to be in a relationship to go. I want to go and just be in that 
whirlpool champagne glass. <laughs> I know, I'd be There's, happy there by myself. <laughs> and and have the um the fireplace going and the velvet and uh, I'm sorry, is that red carpeting? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we wanted to know. <laughs> so we we went to there's there's a podcast out there and a um I forgot what they're called. It's called a cool a, a pretty cool hotel tour. A pretty a pretty cool hotel tour, and they go and photograph all these kitschy hotels, and they've done a ton of these, mm-hmm. and they had their book release that we went to and we have a video up on tiktok and instagram if anyone wants to see and yeah the you book can is see called all the hotel photos. kitsch oh yeah it the book looks awesome um and the photos are everywhere and they had i think they got a huge velvet red heart-shaped bed in middle right? yes am i remembering it right yeah and yeah there was another heart-shaped thing on the side and then like a phone and that was fun Yes. And all of these uh, resorts are very um, outdoors vibe. If you, um, you know, want something to do outside of the champagne tub, they have um, a ton of outdoor activities. They have a spa. At least one or two of them are on a lake. So you can do all kinds of stuff along those lines as well. The Poconos is a great getaway. You can ski and hike and do all the winter activities Everyone I know goes away to the Poconos in the winter. There's a ton you can do. So if you're if your guy is not interested in sitting in a champagne jacuzzi, <laughs> he can go hike. He can go take a hike. <laughs> so our next one is the Madonna Inn in San Luis Obispo, California. So the Madonna Inn is really cool. It's very old, and it's been around since 1958 i think 19 oh okay older than i thought it sits on a thousand acres it is really big i've been there by the way i should brag about that did i tell you i went there i think you did i saw on the show (laughs) the girl next door with hugh hefter and the playboy bunnies they went there on vacation (laughs) And me and my sister were on a road trip and I was like, you know what we have to do? We have to go to this inn. And uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and that's my story. That's... <laughs> Not your best. <laughs> but... Not my best story. But I, I, I... Okay, anyways, let's talk about the Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> the inn has 110 themed rooms with no two alike. And the owners, Alex and Phyllis Madonna, so it's named after them, not the singer Madonna, in case anyone was wondering. They uh, co-created the Madonna Inn with fantasy in mind. They wanted guests to feel both comfortable and wowed from the moment they walked through the door. And if you look at the photos, you'll see that pink is like their signature color. So it was chosen as their staple because it's fun and uplifting. But Alex also thought that his wife, Phyllis, looked her most beautiful when wearing shades of pink. Oh, that's sweet. They were mm-hmm. married on December 28th, 1949 at Little Church of the West in Las Vegas. And I feel like they really took that getting married in Las Vegas thing and put it into the in a little bit because it's definitely 
there are some some things that have a similar vibe to it. Oh yeah, a lot of people are inspired by Vegas. I wonder what Vegas was inspired by before Vegas existed. Crime. <laughs> Crime. <laughs> Crime, but make it friendly. So when Alex uh started thinking about building the inn, he wanted to create something special. And he knew it was economical to create it with identical rooms, but he was like, no, 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 that's not what we're doing here. <laughs> so he wanted an unforgettable hotel and he actually ended up having Phyllis style and decorate all of the rooms, even though he started oh. by hiring an interior designer. He was like, nah, you've got this. So she, uh, yeah, that that's Phyllis's personal touch in every single room. Yeah, every single room does have a different theme. I remember going, seeing some of the rooms. That, like, one is a cave room. Mm-hmm. One is like, it's so it's such a fun place, and uh, they have a restaurant. And you, I mean, they they know people just come to see the inn. Yeah, you can just go in. Yeah, they have a restaurant. They have a couple of restaurants, I think, and they also have a bakery that's really famous that has like a really famous pink champagne cake that they make. And it sounds good. They have a room that I was looking at. I think it's their honeymoon room. But to me, it looked like if you were going to decorate a room themed around Cinderella, but like the actual French version of Cinderella, not the Disney version. It was just like blues Uh and silvers and like old, you know, antique furniture. It was gorgeous. The Harborview Inn is located in Charleston, South Carolina. They have um, a a specific theme in their like romantic packages, which is from the notebook because that's where the notebook was based. Did they do filming in the actual location or? No, so they didn't do any filming that I'm aware of at the Harborview Inn, but they filmed at a lot of spots in and around Charleston. So for a while, oh, that's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. So for a while, the inn had like a specific notebook package that you could do. But I guess in the year, it's been a long time now since that movie came out. So they've altered it a little bit to be just more of kind of a jo- a generic romantic package uh, that's called the Roses and Carriage Tour. But it still contains a lot of the things from the original notebook package. So uh, you get a dozen roses in your room upon arrival. And then you can take a private carriage ride for two through the historic district where you may pass the American Theater on King Street, which is where Noah and Allie had their first date and slow danced in the street. And then you get a $100 dining gift card to your choice of either Hall's Chop House, High Cotton, or slightly north of Broad. And if you choose High Cotton, you'll know that that's the restaurant where Noah sees Allie dining with her fiancé. Oh my god, that sounds so nice. And they should just keep it the notebook. What would he? I know. Everybody still knows what that movie is, right? It it came out twenty years ago. It's not. It's a classic. You also get a rose petal turndown service with a bottle of sparkling wine, and as any good romance package will have, guaranteed late checkout of two p.m. the next day. Oh, you know what? This sounds like such a sweet package 
like this is romantic this yeah. is a romantic classy yeah and then there are <laughs> other places in in around charleston that you can go to if you want to keep the notebook theme going like there's the the different gardens and places that were like used for to film the the exterior of Allie's house and i think there's even like a little ice cream shop that they used so oh there's... yeah when he when they yeah the whole ice cream thing yeah oh my, my god to go like walk in the street where they had mm-hmm. that sweet romantic dance and then have someone play like Billie Holiday in the background. Oh my God. And then if you want to be super romantic and you aren't married, you should propose. I just gave someone a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be so it's, fun. It's and been she- done like a million times if you go online. Probably um, so. Yeah. Oh, that's a sweet one. So we're going to move from sweet to sexy. Yeah, we're moving to the fun ones. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> so uh, if if the notebook isn't really your scene, then maybe you were more of a Fifty Shades of Grey type person. Then you're going to want to go to the Fairmont Hotel Vancouver Columbia, in British Columbia. So this hotel is known as the Castle in the City. And according to their website, it has been the pinnacle of elegance since its debut in 1939, when a visit oh, by the old. yeah, when a visit by the British royal couple sealed its reputation as one of the most iconic luxury hotels in Vancouver. The Lieutenant Governor Suite was the one that was used in the movie, and they do have a romance package. So you'll get luxurious overnight accommodation. I'm guessing that means one of their nicer rooms. <laughs> <laughs> a chilled bottle of sparkling wine and delicious chocolate dipped strawberries deluxe breakfast served in the comfort of your room and a late checkout of 2 p.m everyone's got a late checkout yeah well you're gonna be up all night exactly busy. yeah you're getting busy wait a minute so. that's all they give you that like sanitation wipes <laughs> <laughs> i think several years ago they actually had a Mr. Gray package and they would also give you like a uh, a gray tie and stuff like that. <laughs> That's cute. A fun sidebar on their blog, I saw a story about how this hotel had Vancouver's first unofficial gay bar in the 1940s. So they oh. opened with a men's tavern on their mezzanine level in 1939 and because it was a men's only bar, it allowed gay men to gather without causing any suspicion. So it became a popular spot and their first unofficial gay bar. Okay. So this explains a lot because there's so many bars and restaurants back in the day that were men only. And maybe they just were like, yeah, um, this is really a gay bar. And <laughs> I'm probably and not all of them, to come. but I bet a this, lot of them. Yeah. I, yeah. They use that as sense. a reason as a way to fly under the radar. So there's a lot of unofficial gay bars. I bet. I bet there were. Yeah. Absolutely. This may, yeah. this is making so much more sense. <laughs> Welcome and bienvenue. Welcome. So this hotel is in Berlin and it definitely has that 1920s Parisian glamour, but then it throws in the kind of the dark cabaret of the 30s, 20s and 30s in Berlin twist to it. Even their website homepage, the first picture you see is three models dressed up in a cabaret 
type outfit and makeup. And wait, what's the what's the hotel called? I don't think we said it. Oh, we didn't. Provocateur Berlin. Provocateur. That's like such a good name. <laughs> For I this know, I love hotel. It. <laughs> no? Yes, no, I love it. The the interior is also really nice. Yes, it is seven um, floors of velvet, marble, brass mirrors, Persian rugs, and chandeliers. And it, it's gorgeous. It's not as crazy as some of the other ones, for sure. Not like even the more Parisian 1920 ones. Right, right. It yes. has more of a modern twist, but it still keeps that aesthetic. It's like a lot of velvet, red, yes. dark colors. Yes, this one's a little um, bit more um, monochrome than some of the other ones yeah. it's it's like uses like big jewel tone statements instead of the brocade and all of that yeah exactly it's it's so pretty though and the they I, actually also have a vintage elevator that's been running since 1911 that you can use so the hotel's interiors were designed by the amsterdam-based israeli saar zafrir and he won an award, right, for this hotel? I think he won the German Design Award. Oh, nice. Um, according to hoteldesigns.net, he was drawn to discovering the secret and hidden spots of Paris by midnight. Some beautiful, some dark, but all sharing the common pull of passion and desire. The aesthetics paired with the music of Paris began his design and development of the provocateur and led him to the realization that the property should be shocking and unexpected. That's, it does that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like a good description because that's exactly it really how is. it looks. One thing that I love that they do that is definitely unexpected is that every room has a provocateur mode, which is a switch beside the beds that dims the lights, turns on atmospheric music, seductive music, if you will, and Ooh. also projects video art on the walls. And I'm going to bet that art is erotic. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what I like? They kind of make the, uh, they do the thinking for you. Mm -hmm. They're like, don't worry about this. We got this. Yeah. Like, you don't even have to get someone to come into your room and prepare that. They're like, just turn the switch. and. <laughs> <laughs> you know don't think too much which I think a lot of people do get overwhelmed and then with this it's like if it doesn't if it's cheesy you can just blame the hotel it's like you know it's like <laughs> Yo, so cheesy that's what they did <laughs> it was, wasn't yeah <laughs> they also have a L'Amour package which is an overnight stay in one of their deluxe rooms breakfast welcome drinks uh, in the room, one bottle of Cremant, which I'm going to guess is a champagne, some chocolate-covered fruits, a time-to-tease set. So they give you some sex toys. <laughs> and, <laughs> and of or course, like feathers. Yeah, or something, or something. Yeah, maybe like a mask or fuzzy handcuffs or something. We don't know what's in there in their time-to-tease set. but uh, And then they uh, decorate the room with roses. So that's one of my favorites so far. I definitely want to go there. Oh my God, yeah. I want to go to Berlin in general.
Our next hotel is is one of my favorites. And in our previous episode where we interview Monica and Angela for the Hotel Who, we asked them if there was a hotel that they would want to haunt. Uh, I don't know if it was Monica or Angela, but one of them said, the Maison Souquet. It's in Paris and it has a really interesting history. It's been a hotel since 1907, but it started its life in 1871 as a school for girls until 1880. Not really sure what happened to it in the intervening 25 years, but in 1905, it became a brothel run by Madame Souquet. Yeah, but it was so only it, a brothel for two years. Yeah, yeah. It was a short-lived brothel. It then turned into the hotel. But, yeah, and then it became respectable, I guess. <sighs> okay, so they didn't even try to hide the their history at all. <laughs> no, they have fully, fully embraced the background of <laughs> the brothel. So it, it, it was a hotel, I, you know, for all that time, but it was acquired in 2013 by a new company and they did some renovations and redecorating and it reopened in 2015. And uh, the interior designer, Jacques Garcia, drew his inspiration from the Parisian brothels of the Belle Epoque period. So all of the decorative favorite elements, period. Yes. All of the decorative <laughs> elements are from the end of the 19th century and the beginning of the 20th. I love that. Whenever they embrace their history or their connection to things rather than try to mm-hmm. move away from it, it always works out for the better. It's just like, yeah, this is the salacious history of this hotel. It makes it so much more interesting. The fact that it started out as a school for girls. <laughs> yeah. And then turned into a brothel and then a hotel. I feel like that's amazing. <laughs> um, that, that reminds me of the school I went to. It did not turn into a brothel, oh, but that's interesting. Needs to be unpacked. Um, <laughs> we the school was located, it was the, the building used to be a silent film studio. And now it's it got torn down and they made a different building. It's like a condo or whatever. But the silent film studio, like the setup, I think was very similar like they there were things about it that didn't change but the most interesting part was my teacher told me that if they opened up the basement like if they knocked down the walls they would just find all these old film reels oh and they're probably still there I mean that's not true they're probably not still there because they totally got rid of that building and we did it but they also had I called it the Rapunzel Tower uh like they had this little uh, area in the parking garage where there was this huge tower and it looked like a Rapunzel tower but it's where they used to burn old film oh my gosh yeah it was like uh, that made it so I remember learning that I'm like oh my god why don't they talk about this more the best places have these kind of history and uh I'm really glad that they just like gave into this the interior consists of a succession of salons which reflects the original configuration of the houses of pleasure back then. So they have uh, a few different salon areas. One is the Salon of the 1001 Nights, the Salon Ooh. de Petite Bonheur, and the Winter Garden. <laughs> you didn't even try to pronounce that last one. Nope. <laughs> Jardin d'Hiver. The Jardin d'Hiver. 
do you know the the, uh, the scene in Friends? I probably have mentioned this in the la- another episode where Phoebe's trying to teach Joey French. And yes. she goes, je m'appelle Phoebe. And he goes, uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Yeah, that that's pretty me. much every episode that we have done where we have had to pronounce anything yeah. <laughs> that we'd never seen before. <laughs> so the Salon of the 1001 yeah. Nights was formerly the first lounge and it was known as a chat room or social room. And it was reserved for men, of course. So politicians, bankers, artists, artists, the bosses basically would gather there in their little private club to talk about business and what's going on in the world. The second lounge was once used as a presentation room where courtesans and guests met before going to one of the rooms of the house. So it's like, here is your lady. Here is your John. And then they would go off to whatever room to. Oh, so it was, it was the meeting room to see yeah. if you, they would accept or reject this yes. person? Yes. So today, like- mm-hmm. this salon consists of a hidden bar and uh, also has a library, board games, a huge fireplace, and woodwork from the late 19th century. This hotel is like the nicest hotel, I think, I've yeah. ever seen. I think so, too. Maybe it's a, not. It's, no, a five, it's a five-star hotel, so they, they're definitely doing it right. Oh, wow. That's hard to get. Mm-hmm. People, When people say five-star, everyone's like, whatever. It's really hard to get five stars. Yeah. I know I worked in a hotel that would trick people to think that they were five stars when they were really four stars. And they were like, we want to get that fifth star. I'm like, but people think you have five stars. And they're like, we know we don't tell them. (laughs) And then the last salon was formerly called the salon after. And it served as a place where the men could come after they come to in the oh my god <laughs> pun intended <laughs> oh gross you got a little snack they really take care of you here but the the point is is that this hotel now is so cute and so pretty and so velvety and dark and like the patterns are so interesting there it's very um rich you know it's the opposite of kitschy i would say yes it's yes it is it's so weird it's like the it's like the opposite side of the same coin as kitschy it's it's like all at once too much but also just right yeah it's it's the more serious side of yeah. kitschy yeah <laughs> i think the ornate details of this hotel. It's insane. The there's like these beautiful paintings on these red walls and the molding and the you know little wood carvings everywhere. And mm-hmm. oh there are 20 rooms and the decorations for each of them are inspired by um like Napoleon the third era there's um, Indian inspiration, Chinese dynasty, Japanese, uh, and French 18th century. So they really take in like the most luxurious design styles you can possibly think of and incorporated all of them into it. And then my favorite part is that each room is named after a famous courtesan. 
So you could stay in the La Castiglione room, um, the La Belle Otero. So pick your favorite courtesan. I wonder if they give you a little summary of their lives in each room. Oh, that would be nice. Finishing up, we are moving from brothels to love hotels. Yes, they are not technically brothels because it's a bring your own hooker situation. (laughs) Or or girlfriend (laughs) or one night stand. Okay, or one night stand. Uh, It's a... They are all B-Y-O-L. Yeah. Bring bring your your own own lover. lover. Uh, They are all throughout Japan. And they are also known as boutique or fashion hotels, which I think is very misleading because a boutique hotel means something completely different (laughs) in the rest of the world. Uh, But they're also known as no-tell motels, (laughs) which I love. I like that. (laughs) But yes, these are hotels that offer rooms for shorter periods of time than your typical overnight stay. Um, You can rent for a minimum of one to three hours during the day, which is called a rest, or for the whole night called a stay, which usually starts after 10. And as the name suggests, the main purpose of love hotels is to provide couples with a room to spend some undisturbed time together. Yeah, because, you know, they work a lot in Japan. They don't have time at night, (laughs) I'm assuming. (laughs) They have a lot of issues when it comes to love. So they want to make it as convenient as possible. Yes. But what's really cool is that each hotel, and they're really cute. There's so many. I looked up a bunch. There's all different kinds of themes and styles. and mm-hmm. uh, yes. it, it, There's like a hotel for every kind of person. Uh, yeah, exactly. According to SavvyTokyo.com, the modern term love hotel comes from an actual hotel called Hotel Love, which was the first of this kind to open in Osaka in 1968. And so it's kind of like how we call tissues Kleenex. Like they just took the name of the first one that existed. It's <laughs> and so, so good. Yeah. And then there were, of course, now there are thousands. Um, But they were originally meant as short-stay destinations for couples needing privacy because during the early post-war period, young couples still lived in the extended family dwellings. And so they needed some, uh, yeah, they needed to conduct their one-on-one moments outside of hearing of the grandparents (laughs) and the parents. Oh my God. Yeah, because those walls are thin. Have you ever seen the Japanese homes? I haven't, but yikes. They're they're not thick. I'll tell you that. I know. <laughs> like I they mean, had a parchment paper. <laughs> I mean, I know people here are you know trying to not disturb their neighbors. I can't imagine also having to think about other family members living in the same place as you. So, um, but during the economic bubble in the late eighties and nineties, love hotels actually became a status symbol date spot. So going there with your partner was kind of like a ritualized thing as part of like your standard date. And the the hotels were flourishing, business was booming. And to keep up with competition and demands, they started to open the themed hotels like you were talking about. So jungles, fairy tales, um, whatever you need. Are they still in high demand? Do you know if they've 
I don't think they, or... I think the demand has gone down now that um, couples are more likely to live alone and not with the, the extended family. So I think the demand has gone down for that. But a lot of them are still trying to be competitive. And so they have made it now where um, they are more open to like, they have some family things available. They have some business, you know, people traveling business people. And uh, I one article I read was by a woman saying that anytime she travels alone to Japan, she stays at a love hotel as long as it's in like a good part of town because the rates are really reasonable and you don't have to book in advance. Like the whole point of them is that you just show up and book what you need. Ah, okay. Yeah, no, that sounds, I would totally stay there. Yeah. Just to see what it's like. Yeah. And she said a lot of that, a lot of the, sometimes the hotels that cater to uh, business people are more like catering to businessmen and they don't always have like the same amount of amenities or even like space to you know for the bathroom and stuff mm-hmm. like that that these are much nicer oh and the reception at the love hotels are anonymous which is very popular in japan to just be anonymous or like mm-hmm. not talk to people they also have that robot hotel yeah you can usually um find them in like places where there's going to be a lot of clubs and bars and uh, they can be recognized because they're always going to have like really extravagant looks and their signs are going to advertise both rest and stay rates. There are actually love hotel districts in large cities. So like Tokyo has a, has love hotel Hill in Shibuya. And so they have all the different hotels together. Uh, But in smaller cities, they're often found near major roads on the city outskirts. So if you find yourself in Japan needing a quick place to stay, (laughs) that's where you're going to want to go. Some examples of them uh, are Meguro Emperor, which is one of the few remaining original of hotels. It was built in 1973. And when it first opened, it was famous because it had some wild room themes and revolving beds. But now it has more of a a luxurious, comfortable feel to it. So they've redone it. Um, Some of the rooms come equipped with open air baths, which gives the Meguro Emperor a very vacation vibe. It also says here that you can rent costumes. Yeah, some of them. And uh, different things you can, at the hotel. Yeah, you can rent costumes if that's your cup of tea. Hotel Papillon has unique rooms. Every single one is different. And it also has false windows with images of famous night views. Oh, so if you don't have a good view, good city skyline, then just... Put one over the window and you're done. (laughs) Yeah, because that's why you're going to the hotel to look out the window. Yeah. (laughs) Other special features of certain rooms are grand pianos, a classic car queen-sized bed, roulette and slot machines, a fountain, and even a candy-themed room. And last, we have the Hotel Alpha, which is a BDSM love hotel. So this is heading on back to Fifty Shades of Grey area. <laughs> but it's exclusively designed. Yeah, this is interesting. Yeah, exclusively designed for S&M purposes. Each room comes equipped with free-to-use whips, 
collars, ball gags, clothespins, feather dusters, and blindfolds, while others include suspension setups, X or T-shaped bondage frames, S&M chairs, and other such themed items. You can also purchase candles, rope, you know, etc., or rent costumes from their in-house store. Oh my god, that's kind of awesome. I do yeah, not that makes want sense. to be a maid in this hotel. Oh. Yes, or you get they have to get paid really well. I really hope <laughs> they do. Dear they, God. Yeah. That would be a nightmare. That's like, that's unsanitary. Yeah. And I, they probably have things like to protect some of the yeah, items. Lay down a but, tarp or um, something. <laughs> my question is that for a sex hotel or a love hotel, sorry, um, <laughs> makes sense. Why yeah. aren't there any beats? DSM hotels in America because they would be used. There's like a ton of yeah, people into because that. Because we're so Puritan. Like we are obsessed with sex, but like to pretend like we're not. Really, even now? Even I feel now, like that is a money making so idea. I know. Like people would, and maybe there are, and maybe they're just under the radar and we don't know about them. Wouldn't we know? It would be like written up about like, Los Angeles first yeah. BDSM sex True. hotel. True. Sorry, you love hotel. So. <laughs> I keep saying the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think it's a great idea. I think you just have like Rihanna play in the background. <laughs> yes. So, out of all the hotels we mentioned, which are your top? Which one are you like? Yeah, I want to I want to stay there. I absolutely am going to say it is a tie between the Provocateur and Maison Suke. Yeah, that's 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 pretty good. But I, because I've been to the Madonna Inn, I can cut that. I can scratch yeah. that off. Uh, but I never stayed there overnight, but still. Uh, the Suked. Suked mm-hmm. how, how am I saying it? How do you uh, just say don't it? pronounce Suked? the T. Suked, yeah. Suked. Uh, that one. And and maybe it's a tie between a love hotel in Japan or <laughs> a kitschy hotel in the Poconos. Yeah, I really want to swim in a champagne whirlpool. So, yeah, I know I really want to do that too. I really, really want to do that. But then the love hotels are like, I guess I'd want to just like visit the area and visit them. I don't know if I'd want to stay. So I would say, you know what? The the Poconos with the champagne and then suke. Yeah. The, the suke, I can live there, to be honest. Like, if yeah. they're like, you, you can stay here forever. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, but you know what? I really want to do the, the notebook hotel, too. <laughs> I really do. I know it sounds so cheesy, and uh, there are people who are totally not interested. And I, I feel like at some point I probably wouldn't, but maybe years ago, care. But maybe I'm getting more soft in my older age <laughs> but if I if I had like a you know a fiance or something I would yeah. want to go to the notebook one that is just so freaking cute it is it's really and then oh, you can of them all I think that one is probably sure. the most romantic 
it is the most romantic. It's it's the most classy romantic. Yes, one. it's cla- it's warm fuzzies <laughs> and butterflies and young love and yeah. Love. Some are just like sex, 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 and other ones like eighties porn. Yeah, and then <laughs> there's this one. Thanks for listening to Hotel History. You can follow us on most social media platforms, Patreon, and Substack by searching for Hotel History or Hotel History Podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so we can reach more listeners.